Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Luke Kazali and you're listening to the Flame Tech Heating and Cooling Podcast, where we talk shop about plumbing, apprenticeships and the building industry. Enjoy. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Plum Life Co. They're a South Aussie brand raising awareness for men's mental health that provides clothing to show support for the cause. They choose a different charity every month to donate to. So to show your support, visit their Instagram page or their Shopify link to purchase or donate. Alrighty, welcome to the show. Today I've got Patrick from Aussie Apprentice on Instagram joining me. Patrick, how are you going? Oh, good Luke, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks for joining us. Oh, just really happy to be here, you know. I, um, oh, I've listened to a few episodes and like, you know, I just really enjoy the way that you go about um, the podcast, like, you know, what, you, what you, you guys tend to talk about on here is always really amazing, so I'm pretty excited, you know. Yeah, you know, we we are the people for the people. <laughs> uh, what's been happening? What's what's the latest? Uh, a lot of uh, it's starting to get really warm here, so a lot of air conditioning. Yes, yes, of course. General other plumbing and gas. Mm. Have you seen much um, dodgy plumbing lately, or anything any dodgy electrical or uh, air conditioning stuff? Uh. Nothing that really stands out in my mind. There's always, always things that you see that are, you know, you can tell someone was rushing or just their general qualities are a little bit, how you going? That that Friday Arvo special, hey. Mm, Got to get to the pub on time. <laughs> B-press fittings? Nah, just throw them all together. I don't care. I'm not bending at any copper today. Yeah. <laughs> this is B-press gas. Refrigerant, oh. refrigerant is gas. Surely we can just use them together. It's fine. It's totally fine. Oh man, I was um I was talking to my lecturer the other day, and he was telling me how like the the pressures of air conditioning, like HVAC stuff, of the the gases in that are like, what? what how high do they go? It's like something stupid kPa, like massive. Yeah. So it depends on the refrigerant itself. They're all sort of different. Um, say let's just go general air conditioning. So a lot are on R32 now. Yeah. Um, 60 degrees roughly work on for, say, discharge temp. You are at, well, I work a lot in PSI, so that's 550 PSI. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which yep. then if we um, convert that to KPA, it is, yeah, it's about 4,000 KPA. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that's so, massive, hey. Like, and he was yeah. saying that, like, when you flare... Um, you can't like have any imperfections on the flare. It's got to be absolutely perfect. Otherwise, it'll it'll just hiss out like buggery, and it's got to be tight as anything too. Hey. Yeah. So the two main things that we sort of look for is the flare face is perfectly clean. There's no burrs or you know imperfections. You could a good one is you can sort of run your fingernail around it. So if you can't see anything, you run your fingernail around it, and you'll feel a little burr. Um, and then the actual size of the flare. So it should be, you know, shouldn't be too small, shouldn't be too big. Yeah, so, gold, that you know, Goldilocks fit, zone. That perfect, yeah, that perfect <laughs> flare zone. And it makes all the difference. So, it does, and then, hey. yeah, a little bit of oil on the back of your flares and they do up. Oh, yeah, I've heard that actually. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I like, I find that, like, um, I don't know, like air conditioning and like HVAC and, you know, fridgy stuff is very much like it's like the bastard child of plumbing and electrical. It's like, it's, it takes the extremes of both and they're like, we're just going to, we're going to sprint with it. Like, and it's just like, it, it, I don't know, for me, it just, it, it seems like such a very, like on the surface level, obviously I've never worked on air conditioning before. I've, you know, you look at a, I've, I've worked on a swampy, like an evaporative, but you look at 
split systems. And for me, I'm like, I have no idea how any of this could even function. I'm like, it's like when I look at electrical stuff, like, you know, if it's anything more complicated than like, you know, red, green or black or whatever the hell the wires are. Like, I'm just like, if it has any sort of switchboards and that, I'm, I start to go, ooh, I'm in, I'm in deep here. Like, I I'm need in to get danger. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah. All refrigeration is literally taking heat from somewhere and rejecting it elsewhere. That's the whole... Mm. Whole thing, you, and you just—if you're stuck in the middle, you got to work out why it's not. It's the whole premise, sort of thing. Hey, like it's yeah, um, yeah. You've got to know how something works to to be able to fix it. Yeah, no, I can get that definitely. Um, so uh, you were telling me a, an interesting story before about like um, one of your mates that uh, you know that you speak to. That's um, he's looking to do some like either out in his own business or like you know some subby work and that. Like um, we haven't really touched on subbying much on like the channel before but like would you like just give us like a really quick rundown of like how subbing works for you like you know and, and and what are the you know positives and negatives sort of thing like in in your business structure as well yeah so i think everyone's got a story when they're starting out that, you know they didn't just go full crazy five days a week for himself they always you know it's it's a double-edged sword in a way it's comfortable because you can sort of make your wage and your the bills are getting paid um so you sort of for me i find that you know if i do a couple of days i think oh yeah this is good and i know in my mind that you know for the next couple of days i'm not like out knocking on doors saying hey let me fix your heater let me fix your aircon stuff comes in and i do it but yeah i'm not like desperately searching for it and i think that's good in a way also because then when you're quoting and when you're doing you know when you're pricing your your rate or your service rate you price it properly. You don't just go, oh, shit, I really need work. I'll do it yeah. half the price of everyone else and everyone yeah. will ring me and I'll be full. Yeah. All you'll be is you'll be busy and you'll still be broke. So Yeah, 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 very true. And it's like, and then you, you, you're back to, you know, doing it all over again the next week. But then those same people that you've done the work with, they expect you at a certain price point. And then when you come back and do the normal rate of like, you know, double effectively what your original rate was and they go, well, hang on, why are, you, why are you charging me so much? You did this exact same job for me last week and it was half the price. Like, what's going on there? And then, you know, that same, that, and then that might even potentially lose you a, a customer or a client or, you know, a real estate or whatever. And then they go, nah, like, not, you know, not interested. And then you, you, and then you lose a customer altogether because, like, you did it too cheap. Like, I think they're know, purely they're, price point. And that's the thing, too, is, is you could do the best job in the world and they'll look at it and go, oh, geez, you know, the last guy that I got for X amount, he was cheap and he did half the work of what you did. You say you've got a really high quality that you want to leave. But then, yeah, as soon as you up your prices, they go, oh, no, I'm not going to pay that. You know, I can get Joe Blow to do it cheaper, so I'll get him to do it. I don't care what the quality is. I just want it done. And, and I think, yeah, and I think that's where it's good that you've got that subby because, you know, if you get along with the company, subby too, you're, you know, you're helping them out. Um, you've just got to always know that obviously, you know, if things go quiet, you're going to be the first to, to sort of get told, look, we're, we don't have enough work on. But luckily the company I sub, subby to, they're, you know, a really well-known established company in town and he um, it works really well for both of us and I get along with him really well. And, and yeah, so I was, I was talking, yeah, to my friend about it and he's looking to start off his, his own business and I said, you know, look, it's a great way to sort of start and, and get your name out there as well even you know you're not sort of poaching the work from the business you're subbing into because i feel that's a bit bit rude but 
you know, you're still, you're out there working and, you know, people are saying, you know, your word's sort of spreading around and, you know, then people that don't use his company might be looking for someone and they can find someone there and sort of helps with that too and helps you build up your business the way you want it to actually run, not just the way that you're forced into it. Yeah, of course. And I suppose that's a big thing as well, like with a lot of um, tradespeople that get into the into business as well, is that I think uh, a lot of people probably fall into the trap of they say that, hey, I can do everything because they don't want to miss out on any work and they also want every opportunity to do work. And sometimes, like, you know, this is going on way back to our, uh, you know, we've chatted about specialisation way too many times, but in the sense that, like, you know, don't offer things that you're not capable of doing. You know, I'm not going to say that I can do underfloors for a house and I can do three a day, you know, and it's just me and I don't even have an excavator. That's not reasonable or practicable. And I'm also not going to go, well, I can, you know, I can do uh, plant rooms with 100 mil copper and I don't own uh, like an acetylene set. Like, you know, it. you see some people that try and do it. Like, you know, I, I heard a story the other day, a bloke had run tiger pipe internal of a house and was running that instead of copper and, you know, he was putting it through all these, um, you know, beams and everything and like C channel and that. And he was drilling out these seals, like he was cutting out the C channel with like an angle grinder and then throwing the tiger pipe up through and had these big gouges on it. And I'm like, far out. And like, this was like high pressure. Um, well, not, not high pressure. I think it was like 3.75 kPa. Like it's not high pressure, but it was like, there was a lot of volume of gas going. Yeah. Through. Yeah. Yeah. High pressure like, in, in yeah, natural gas terms. I, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's nuts. Like that's crazy. And, and um, it was interesting, you know, you see some people that look, he's probably, you know, I don't know. I, d- I don't know who the bloke was. I don't know where it was or anything. Like um, a mate was just telling me about it. And I was saying like, it's really, you know, it's sad in the sense that you get um, some guys that obviously they're trying their best to get work and make, make money as a, as a business. And they sort of compromise on quality by trying to get that work regardless. And it's like, Oh, you know, fellas just take a step back just chill out for a bit you know stick to what you know don't get yourself in over your head because then you know look the otr is a good example of like why some people you know uh like they'll do they'll try to do heaps of bathroom renos and then never put a coc in and then you know the the otr goes oh we're seeing some really nice renovations on your instagram like where were those cocs why didn't we do an inspection and they go oh uh like uh what do you mean and it's like oh Come on, fellas. You know. Yeah, I wish it was like that in Victoria. You can literally send an Instagram page to the VBA and they go, oh, yeah, what's the certificate number? And you go, this is the thing. I don't think they're putting them in. Yeah, they yeah. Go, oh, no certificate, no case. Yeah, I saw your comment literally on the on the plumber's yeah. thing, I think it was the other day, and you were like, somebody was saying um, they've reported it. Um, I think it was on that post that bloke reported one to the VBA and they went, yeah, we don't have, we, we don't know. We have don't a certificate know for we it. We don't have anything. And you and the guy was like, yeah, I know you don't have the certificate for it. I'm trying to get you to talk to the builder or to the plumber. Yeah, no, we don't have enough information to, to carry on with that. You're like, yeah. but you know, you rip the blokes that put the, the, the application or get a, um, an inspection done. And like, you know, everybody loses because then, you know, they're getting tied up. We're getting tied up. We're trying to do the right work, but people just don't appreciate it. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, what's the point, you know? You're losing quotes because, you know, they're they're not charging for certificates or, you know, factoring in the time if they get an audit to go back there. And, you know, and then they never get picked up on it anyway because they just go, oh, they're too hard to prosecute. So we'll move on to the guy that, you know, Mr. Saddle or Mr. Screw here, you know, didn't do this. So we'll give him a a little written warning and and move on. So it's not, in my mind, it's very frustrating. It's not going to fix the industry. 
nah, nah, there's, it's, you know, um, yeah, I was talking to um, somebody about it the other day, like way back when you'll probably, you know, you, you've probably spoken to people because obviously you worked in Adelaide as well. Like there's some guys out there that remember back when there was a inspector for every single suburb or like, you know, a group of suburbs. And there was like, I don't know how many inspectors, like a crazy amount. And like, they would be driving around all day, every day, multiple inspections, but also looking for any plumbing vans that they'd go, oh, I'll just pop in down the road on in T- on Tusmore Avenue and I'll go have a look and see what these blokes are doing up in, you know, Green Hill Road here or whatever. And then they go, oh, uh, what are you doing here, boys? Oh, we're doing a bathroom renovation. Oh, yeah. So you're altering the drain? Oh, uh, yeah, like not not heaps. Oh, okay. Well, um, you're going to book that inspection, aren't you? And wait before we backfill. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. No worries. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, you know, you can you can definitely get yourself in bit of strife obviously with these like big um you know these organizations that look after the industry in a sense it's like but it's like it's very much a double-edged sword you know you're trying to do the right thing or even you call them for advice and you know you say hey look i've got a scenario like this and you sort of put your mouth you're putting your foot in it in a sense because then they go all right well when am i coming out to have a look at this and you're like oh. yeah yeah. yeah. And Who then, is like, this calling again? Uh, it's uh, d- d- uh, John Smith. <laughs> yeah, John Smith from John Smith Plumbing. Yeah, one, two, Sorry. three, fake street. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it is. And it's, yeah, it's it's something that's very frustrating. I remember when I was there too, like, it was all handwritten in a book. And you'd have yeah, like a carbon yeah. copy. And yeah. if you didn't, like, send the carbon copy in, you could tear it off and give it to the customer. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's done the right thing. Who says you've actually sent it to the OTR? No, it could just be you could just be writing out certificates in anyone's name. Oh, it doesn't matter. And, oh, so. you know, back when, yeah. Now it's like all the e- ECOC sites, so it's like everything's digital. Yeah, and like you know, everything's recorded, which is you know, it's good, obviously, but it's also kind of it can be stressful in a sense as well because you're like, oh, you know, there's so much like I don't know, like in in a sense that like every everything's always recorded, you know, and mm. if you if you miss one saddle. Then they have all the, excuse me, all the information to go after you for every other job that you've done in the last however long. And they go, well, we're we're going to randomly go out to this house and we're going to check what he did on this here. And then you go, oh, and then they'll pull some weird little, you know, caveat out of the standards, and they'll go, well, in you know, within with this type of hot water unit, you need to have X amount of this because it's got this much ventilation. And then you know, they can they can get you on ventilation like that. Oh yeah, that stuff is fun, isn't it? <laughs> very fun i did it the other day at tafe and um and you know my lecturer was like oh yeah like we've got we've got ventilation up next like you should be right with it like it's not too bad or whatever and i was like oh yeah no worries and we're ticking along i'm just like what the hell man like this is just nuts like so many like clauses it's like if this is that then this is that and the moon is facing this way at this direct angle you actually have to move this that way and, and allow for this and like openings and everything and yeah, because ours changed. I think it used to always be, you have to correct me here because you're the guru on it that's just done it, but it's, I think it's like A3T and then if it was from that room and then if it was coming from a secondary room, it was like yeah. A6T. Yeah, something like that, I reckon. And then because we went to like six star, seven star homes and everything was so sealed, it went down to like, or it went up to something ridiculous. Yeah, it had to have so, way bigger openings because there wasn't enough like natural draft in the house. Yeah, so you, advantageous you, air. Advantageous air, yeah. What a great term, hey. That's yeah, so brilliant. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, so, you know, like I love, I love like a, a sealed, like a, like a twin skin flu 
uh, for a hot water unit in a, in a house or whatever, like you might have it in a laundry, like one of those old, uh, like a Bosch um, hydropower, like internal fluid unit. And like, I remember reading through and going through on the day when we were like doing it at, at TAFE and I was like, man, like this is nuts. Like it's, they just like, they just, they trump everything. Cause it's like, it's a, it's, it's sealed unit. You don't have to do anything for it. It just does its own thing. Nothing goes in and out. It just exists in that room, but effectively all the combustion, everything is sealed. You know, there's no issues. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and room sealed, like it should have, even for heating, uh, hot water's one, but like even for heating, it should have all gone room sealed ages yeah. ago. It's, yeah. you know, it's so much safer. It's, yeah, you're not, not sort of using the air. Like, you know, it's probably better for your air quality too, because you, oh, you're not definitely. using that air in there in the room it's like going i guess from flueless to fluid and then you know to to room sealed so yeah it's it has its yeah advantages it's pros and cons in a sense like you know you look at the a flueless gas heater that you can plug in with a um you know you put a bayonet fitting and just sit it anywhere in the house where you want it and just it just burns and you're like oh my god it's one thing i do not wrap my head around from you western states is is your flueless like we've had Natural gas flueless here has been banned for longer than I've been in the trade. So, yeah, and LPG is only, you've got to size your room, so you can only replace one if it's already got the bayonet there and say that one's buggered, but then your replacement actually has to meet the size of the room. So say if you've got one that's, I don't know, like 15 megs, you size a room that can only have five, well, you can only put a five back in. So... It's yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, and that's a thing too, because like, even over there, I can remember when I was there, like I'd see one, and you're like, oh, you got your high and low vents, and they're like, oh yeah, those things just suck in cold air, and they've got like a bit of A4 paper duct taped oh. over them. You just like you realise like that's meant to be there to save you. That's the, or when they put um like mesh, not mesh, or yeah, mesh, or like even like a scouring pad or something in them, and you're like, yeah, what's that doing there? Oh, too much cold air was coming through. You're like, yeah. Oh. Like, uh, yeah, for yeah. a reason, can't defeat like, the my, purpose of having them really. That that's right. Like my house is old, like double brick, like I've told you before, and it's got like I'm looking at one right now in the room that I'm I'm in, and I've got vents in every single room, and it's just like, you know, it's it's nuts in that you have some really good like air quality. Like I, you know, I don't know. It's and then you go into some new homes, and they always seem stuffy. Like they always seem like the you know. You walk yeah, into like it's, yeah, oh, not fresh. Those could be the no good. It's the the way it's going too, like some of the new places probably really need like heat recovery ventilation, like HRVs. So you know, it sort of drags out the hot air, sends it outside, goes through like a. This I'm probably going to get this way wrong. It's like a four way heat exchanger. So like the hot, humid air goes out, it drags in air from outside and sort of not cools it, but exchanges it through the heat exchanger and then. Um, takes the humidity out and dumps it in. Oh, so you're effectively okay. extracting like the hot air out and bringing in fresh air from outside as well. So yeah, okay, yeah. So it's doing a it's 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 doing like not just pushing cold air in, it's sucking the hot out as well. Like it's it's doing it twofold, like a double edged sword in a sense. Hey? Yeah, and then your air coming in is filtered, so you get like a filter on it. So it's very big. So in refrigeration, say a surgery, and you've got an air handling unit. It has to be 100% fresh air. You can't have a return air and recirculate the air in the room. 100% fresh air. Um, depending on the building, depends on how much fresh air you actually need there. So like most commercial joints, you'll see, if you jumped up and looked at the ducted split, you'd see your return air and then you'd see a smaller 
fresh air ventilation duct going into the return. And then that sort of works with the system and it goes, oh, yeah, I need to add a bit of fresh air and it will dump that in. So, but yeah, the, uh, the surgery one's big. It's, it's crazy. So the systems have to be massive because they're dealing with all that fresh air and not, you know, not a sealed system. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. Like, and you know, you, you, you look into it more and more and obviously, you know, you've done your, your air conditioning license as well. And like, it gives you, I dare say it's, you know, it's made you a better plumber as well. Cause it gives you better perspective on a lot of things. Hey, like, you know, that, you know, you understand the, the principles of a lot of things better because you're, you know, you're experiencing all of them. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ducting definitely. Like it's, you know, evaporative cooling is throw duct on, tape it on, see you later. Same with gas heating to an extent, I guess, you know, this duct goes here, this size goes here. Whereas it's a lot more crucial. Um, and, you know, then you talk about static pressures and stuff for your duct. And I can remember when I started, this guy I used to do, I still think to this day it's undersized duct. And I worked with another company. I was talking to the Frigidaire and I was telling him about it. And he goes, oh, that's crazy. Like, there's no way you can run that duct and get, you know, proper proper airflow on the unit to be working properly. Because if you restrict your airflow to your fan too, it's going to try harder and then draw more amps. So, less, you know, the unit's less efficient. Um and burn motors out, stuff like that. But he goes, oh, he'd have to be using high static units all the time. Like, is he using high or or sort of mid-static? Mid and I was like, uh, yeah, 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 static. And he's like, he's like, what units was he using? And I was like, uh, yeah, pro- yeah, the high ones, I think. Like, I was just ah! like, fuck, like, what's he oh, fucking talking no about? Idea. And that's the thing. Like, it, you, you can get units that are auto-static and they go, shit, I've got this much back pressure from the ducting. I'll ramp up you know, increase the static pressure, you know, changes everything. And that's the thing too. And then you get high static units so they can work with longer flow, longer runs of duct or, you know, shit of ducting and stuff like that. So all that stuff, you just, it's crazy. It is, it's the crazy uncle of plumbing and electrical, but it's, it's very interesting at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so another one, like I, um, that I want to sort of t- touch on or, or, or speak about as well is that like, I can't remember the mob that I was talking to. They were like a Melbourne-based plumbing company and they do they do a lot of re-roofs and a lot of like, you know, the, like plumbers seem to be much more common in Victoria to roof than in Adelaide, whereas Adelaide's just like, no, nah, it's roofers. Seems like that's the only people that, that do any roofing at all or like, you know, a plumber might put a, a new flashing on or a, put a chimney through or a, a vent or whatever and that's about the extent of it. But like gutters, corrugated roofs, like roofs or whatever, that tends to be just roofers in Adelaide whereas like Victoria tends to be like, you know, a plumber will do everything because they're kind of expected to and, you know, the bloke that I was speaking to, he said, oh, I asked him pretty well that exact same question, like how come it's way more common over there? And he goes, well, plumbers tend to do a much neater job and the the roofers tend to just sort of slap roofs together so like we're called in to fix shit properly and then they're like the ones that are slapping new homes together and not really caring i'm like oh that's that's interesting like you know but also like you see some companies obviously roofing um like sam from bay plumbing he's he's big on i reckon he's done quite a few re-roofs and that up in um, new south wales as well in byron like you you definitely there's there's a lot of there's a huge market on it, but also I don't think you know apprentices in South Australia, especially like really have much of a hand on on roofing, even though it's a part of our trade. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it comes back to that specialising, doesn't it? There is, I know in my area, there's definitely a couple of big mobs that just do roofing, um, 
and then there's and some of them will do tile as well and some of them will just do iron and then you've got uh roof tilers you know just like to obviously repointing and, and tile roofs and stuff like that but yeah there's quite a few plumbers that do a whole new re-roof as well or um make up flashings and stuff like that and do the lot but yeah a lot of them it's yeah and a lot of them will sort of do like um they might not do like a tile to iron sort of conversion but yeah you know they'll get another mob in they've got like eight blokes and you'll see them they'll drive there in the morning get there at six all the tiles will get thrown off like you you'll just see this guy just a machine just like like he's like a deck of cards like tiles are like nothing to him he's just bang 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 straight into the bin they got half the roof on in like by lunchtime that's crazy hey like you know chuck some new battens down like you know recut in or you know rip the gutters off at the same time or whatever they're doing like that i'd love to re-roof my house you know like i just look because mine's tiled and like the tiles need repointing and they also need repainting and i'm like if i'm doing that at the start like you know if i need to do that I re- repointed it with like just sand and cement the other day. I was like, oh, fuck it. I don't have any fucking pointing things. I was like, I don't really care. I'm just going to put it up there. Seal and it I was, up. Seal it up, you know. And I, I was thinking like, geez, you know, how – I know I hate saying this in this term, but like you sort of go like, how hard can it be really? Like, you know, can I do it? I think I could do it. Like I could make it happen. But it's also – I don't know. You just you're you're almost asking for a recipe for disaster. Imagine starting that, and then like a week's time, you're like the roof is still not on completely because you don't know how to do any flashings and you don't have proper like a nibbler or anything. And it's just like you've got these open roofs everywhere into your old roof space. And oh no, that looks like a big angry rain cloud. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing too. It's uh, it's it's funny because it can bring you undone. You need to know. It's the wonder of plumbing. I guess you really need to know a little about most things. And I think roofing's a big one. Like, you know, you're doing gas, you're running flues through roofs, you're running, you know, if you're doing swampies, you're running all mechanical, you're running droppers through roofs and stuff like that. Um, You know, you need to know things. And like a big one is, or even wood fires, like one of my mates, he got his grandfather's house and they've got a wood fire in the um, lounge room. And he said it's leaked since day one, like 20 years. And, you know, he sort of jumped up. They've filled it with silicon. They've filled this, filled that, and sort of had a look. And I was out there one night having a couple of beers with him, and we were talking about it. And I said, oh, I said, I bet you they've cut the lap of the sheet. And I said, it'll be like a pillory sucking in. Anyway, he's like, no way. And then I jumped up there. And I said, yeah, they have. They've cut in the middle of the lap. I said, I'll just make up like a couple of soaker flashings for you, and it should fix it. And he's he's just like... Nah, like he's like, nah, he's like my grandfather and like his mates have tried to fix this for fucking years and then all this other stuff. And I said, I bet you that's what it'll be. I said, they could seal like the whole sheet till pretty much the cows come home. And I said, it yeah. won't do shit. It won't said, do anything. Pillory will get you every time. <laughs> anyway, I did it. And he like, he thought I was God, I reckon, for about yeah. a month. He's just like, <laughs> it's dry. And he goes, it's never dry. And he goes, it's somewhat dry. And, and that's the thing. Like, and even you know, fridges, electricians, like everyone needs to know a stuff bit. like that. Yeah. Because imagine like, imagine if you did that and then customers calling you back and like, my plaster's wet, you know, my ceiling's got stains on it. Yeah, yep. You know, you, you sort of need to know. And I guess what we're saying before too with with guys doing everything, my best thing is like with the specialising is you just need to, yes, stay in your lane, I guess, know a little to get yourself out of trouble, but don't sort of go looking for that work um, or know enough that relates to your field but then really have a couple of guys that 
you know are like you know experts in their field so like like you're saying doing under slabs you don't have the equipment but you're a really good maintenance plumber so you might have a guy that you know that does under slabs and he's jet at it well you just your customer rings up and you go no sorry i don't really do that but hey i'll recommend you this guy he's really good at it he goes there the customer loves it and then you know, they go, oh, while you're here, can you look at this? And he goes, oh, actually, I don't do that, but Patrick does. And yeah. get him around and he'll yeah. fix that for you. And, you know, yeah. the customer wins and everyone's happy. Yeah, because everyone gets their work. Everyone gets some stuff like, you know, we work. Um, well, my, my, my boss is really good mates with a bloke that purely does like new homes, does like all the underfloors, you know, you know, all the hot and colds, all the rest of it. And that dude just smashes houses out like, you know, and good, like good plumber, like nobody knows drainage and drainage like um, standards like he does. And he just knows what he can get away, what he can do, like what he can't do, you know, when he needs to do certain things. Like drainage is interesting. Like there's a lot to it. Like I still haven't done it um, at trade school that's like one of the last things i've got left is drainage so sanitary drainage and stacks so like i'm really keen because then i can understand like you know you can read through the standards until again like till the cows come home but if you don't have it applied to you like or understand it every day but you know you're not going to get it but yeah this bloke you know he smashes it and you know anytime we get a phone call it's like oh you know can you do this and you know it's not our area of expertise we just go call him he's good and then he does the same thing he's like oh you know i don't really i don't touch gas and he's like no call call this bloke calls our company you know the company the customer calls up us up and then we go out there and sort everything out and they're like oh my god this is amazing like i get i get a really good gig here like they're laughing you know it's good connections two that i can think of that do it really well in melbourne uh rob from pro gas and matt from melbourne gas group like they're really good at just knowing people and having those connections that just go this guy's really good at this just give the job to him and then at the end of the day they're just like it's so much less stress oh so like crazy you know and then they yeah every yeah everyone gets something out of it because then they're not um you know trying to chase their tail or they're not even trying to like do work that they're not competent or not confident in as well like you know they might go oh i've got nobody else and that's like i think that's actually probably a good you know subject to get onto as well is like networking is just so paramount like you need to know people and you need to know people in the industry and other plumbers and other trades especially like um it comes down to like if you're on like and it's a friday afternoon and you didn't realize that you needed to put an rcd in for this new continuous flow and you're changing out from storage and it's you know it's 2 p.m the hotties on the wall and you're like oh my god i'm an idiot you know like it was funny like like josh like Blackburn had had it the other day, and he was like, he's sitting there laughing. He's like, oh, this the, the, my Sparky mate come out, and he and he chucked it in for me like last minute, and like he said, that's like the best thing. And he, then he's in the next Snapchat or the next story or whatever, he's sitting there grumbling that he's got a couple of like bits of wire to pick up off the ground. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's walking over to the bin all quiet, and he's like, yeah, yeah, and you know, you, you leave your mess here or whatever, and he's like, nah, but you did actually come out and help me, like I really appreciate. That. <laughs> <laughs> he does that, yeah. He's good with his connections, Josh. And he, oh, he's one he's really good too. He knows people that just know what they're oh. doing and he's just like, you know, he doesn't want to take on anything that he doesn't want to do. No, he, I think no. his hours are like 11 a.m. till, you know, one thirty p.m. Yeah, and yeah. Like, and then yeah. Max picks up the slack. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, and it's that's, so funny. You know, and if you can get that, why not? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Like, why not do it? Why not get involved with it? Because it's like, yeah. you know, like even... 
in my short time, like I've, I've got like a good little repertoire. Like, you know, I, look, I know quite a few cabinet makers. I know a few tilers. I know some, a lot of chippies, you know, you know, and like, especially electricians and that, and like, you know, these trades that like you can, and even like we, we say like, I'll be at a, a customer's house and they're like, oh, do you know, you know, do you have somebody that does kitchens or do you have someone that does stone bench tops? I'm like, yep, here's a number. This is, you know, I've used them or we've used them or whatever. And then they go, wow, thanks heaps. And then like a couple of weeks later, you see that person that you recommend and they're like, oh, like, you know, thanks for giving that job. And I'm like, oh, no worries. Like, it's not like I can do the job, you know? And then they like, it just builds that repertoire and then they recommend you guys for something the next time. And then it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I think another big one as well was like having good relationships with like your, you know, supply house manager or, you know, staff, like you walk in and they'll, if you're an asshole to them and they're just, you know, and you're rude and, you know, that they just, they're beneath you, you think that or whatever, you roll in there and every time, you know, they're going to prioritize other people or, you know, maybe not inadvertently, but they're going to like want to help other people more than they want to help you. So they'll do like, you know, they'll look after you, they'll get the job done, but like, you know, they're not going to bend over backwards. Like that's the big difference. It's like you, they'll do the job. But then you get the other people that like if you look after them and you're friendly and, you know, you're polite and everything, they'll go, nah, you know what, no worries. I'll nip down there. I'll get one of the boys to grab it from there and they can drive it up and then we'll put it through here and then we'll put it onto this and we'll do this. I'm like, yeah, like wicked. Like that's awesome. Like I've had my ass saved that many times from, you know, Reese all the time. Like, you know, up, up and out. Oh, like, yeah. They're just like, yeah, we'll get it done. No worries. And like it, it's a single phone call. That's the best thing is it's like for me to solve an issue, it's like I pretty well palm it off and like ask politely like hey like this is the issue i didn't order this it was my bad it needs to come from hendon and i'm up in elizabeth and i go cool done no worries let, let me sort let me see what i can do and then like i've always got a bloke that wants to jump in the ute and go for that, a drive yeah, yeah that's right it's like but 10 not minutes later like you. no that's right and it's funny when they come out like you get these delivery blokes and like a lot of the time they're, they're people that like you know you or i would know and we they pull up and they're like Oh, good day, mate. How, hey, Patty, how you going? And you, you, you know, you say like, you just have a good chat to them and like have a yarn or whatever. And then, you know, everyone's happy because you just had a nice experience. And then they're like, I'm going to do that next time because I enjoy spending time with you. You know, it's just like it's yeah. everyone's it's easy. It's yeah, it's it is my local race, like race wanger out. They're legends. Every single one of them, I reckon. Um, Gormo, the manager, he's always happy. You know, I feel like I'm almost not pestering him, but bothering yeah. him sometimes. I'm like, oh, you know, what's what's the best we could sort of do on this? So I'm trying to price this up. He's more than happy to help. And yeah. if you go in there, you're always greeted. Like every single one of them, they're just like, hey, how you going, man? Yeah. You know, you yep. sit down, you have a coffee and you do, oh, yep. what'd you get up to on the weekend? You pick that's up all right. your stuff. And yeah. that's the thing I don't think people understand sometimes is if you're not constantly getting stuff there or constantly going in there, you're not going to get a good price. Like why should, if say if you bought a million lengths of 100 DWV and I buy a length every six years, but I'm using someone else, like you you should get a lot better price from them. You're moving it out, you know, you're using it all the time and I'm trying to go in there and, you know, say, oh, but Patrick gets it at this price that's exactly right you know and they go oh like um you know look i'm not i'm not gonna like you know shit on any like particular companies or anything but there's there, there are different plumbing suppliers there's heaps you know there's lots of different companies you know you've, you've got trade link you i mean bunnings to a degree you know there's like um uh, what's called the one plumber's choice there's beyond plumbing solutions uh, beyond plumbing supplies a 
beyond pl- uh, there's heaps you know it's it's crazy like there's samios there's and like at the at the base of it it's how easy they can make your life that's what you really need to be looking at like if you're going around and you're saying well i saved two dollars off this mixer but it took me four hours of beating down the, the manager and like banging my fist on the table to, to achieve that and you're like really man like why even like you know you you, you kind of you're doing it for what for why like it's almost like it's a point for them like a point of difference that they like beat the price down or whatever and you're like you know if you go to race every day and you know you're buying this stuff regularly 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 they'll be like oh you're buying enough you know that's just that's just how it works it's like effectively you know they'll look after you if you're looking after them in a sense like it's you know it's basic business that's the thing it's, is like it's, people it's, 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 everyone's got to make money in business and i think the thing too is sometimes it's like this for an example you get people that they go, oh, um, fuel price, say, for example, might be like, I don't know, $2.10 a litre for diesel. Yeah. And it's like me saying, oh, but if I drive half an hour away, I can get it for $2.05. It's like, you know, I'm saving five cents a litre. It's like, are you though? Because you're driving half an hour and it's like, it could be 30, 40 Ks mm. out of your way to go save that for a tank you're like you're saving yes you might you know you might save at the end of it you might save like five bucks it's like but you've cost yourself like an hour of your time and stuffing around oh but i saved so much really like what is the point you know just like you know i i have it all the time like i've you know if i'm going past jb hi-fi and i needed to get a new phone case and like i'm there and you know i know full well that i could drive all the way out to, you know, middle of like Seaford Meadows or something. And I'm like, oh, but I can get one for $45, but for here it's 50 bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to drive down there and I'm going to do it. No, 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 no. You just drove an hour and like an hour and a half round trip to save $5. Forget about it. There's no, you know, some people obviously like you do have some businesses or whatever or companies that go, you know, they want to look for the best price for certain things. And like when you're in business, you definitely need to for some big ticket items. But when it comes down to like the little stuff, just, you know, you almost just cop it and move on so that you can just get over and done with and like be done quicker as well. Like, you know, that always works out better if you, you know, you're always trying to streamline your business and like why go through the effort of driving out of your way? Like I know my old company that we used to work for, that I used to work for, like, we tried to use a different supplier to race and um, and we've just found it was just like, it was more work than it was worth because I only had like a couple of stores in Adelaide and, you know, you'd drive out of your way or you'd try to buy bulk um, stuff at a time to get a better price and then you never use it and you're like, oh, well, why do I have, you know, 80 hose bibs at the workshop when nobody's using them and everyone just goes by, it's like a, just a griffo from race whenever they need one. I'm like, you know, you've got to really like weigh up the 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 positives and the cons of obviously you know pros and cons of why um as opposed to just going oh well i'm going to do it because i'm going to save so much money like yeah that's it's not money isn't everything money's not the, the only goal you want to like you know if you're saving time great if you're giving a better product at the end of the day to the client great if you're giving a better experience to the client and things can be sorted out quicker fantastic you know like um the big one like chris like pupke he was saying the other day, like he goes to some people's houses where they need like a repipe or, you know, a cast iron repipe that takes him bloody 10, 12 hours. But for the customer, you know, he goes, he's like, here is the solution. I can do this for you today. I can do this now. Like I can make this happen. And they're like, oh my God, yes, please. Thank you so much. 
and off he goes on his little journey. He just rips in and does the whole thing. And for them, like if, if you imagine if he did like a bit today, a bit the next day, a bit the other day and like jump bunny hop because he's like, well, I can get some cheaper materials. And, you know, the client saves 500 yeah. bucks, 600 bucks. And they go, wow, that wasn't really worth it. You know, that was like, I wish I didn't do that because it wasn't worth the exercise. Of, 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 you know, of being inconvenienced. Like people will pay more that's, for that's the... What, in, yeah, not, that's what they're literally not, paying for. They're paying for your time, your knowledge, experience and to make their life as easy as possible. You know, they've right. got a drain that isn't working, you know. Here's your solution. So it's, you're not going to be ringing someone to jet it every six months. Oh. No. Yeah. You know, well, that's what we do in heating and cooling too. Look, your unit's 15 or 20 years old. You could put, you know, a grand of parts in it and... You might save yourself a couple of thousand now, but long term, you're probably going to keep doing this, and you're going to keep calling people, and it's not going to work as efficient as you know as a new one, and and all of this stuff. And they just go, yeah, but I might save it, and then it gets to it a couple of years later, and they're like, oh yeah, look, I really wish you just had it said to me, let's replace it. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I did. Yeah. You said it yeah. was too expensive. You know, yeah. Like, you you almost want to record it every time, and then yeah. like uh, on a folder somewhere, be like, right, uh, right, Patrick's house. You Patrick's know, house, so, you know, uh, yep, I advised him we do all this. Um, Patrick said, no, I don't want to. You don't know what you're doing. All right, okay. Got all that on film, save. And then when you ring up, I just play it back to you and hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you so. Yeah. Sorry. You know, and then they, like, God, can you imagine that? The absolute. It's, I don't know. It, it, it's one thing that annoys me. And it is, like, it's not their fault because a lot of people do portray trades as, you know, cowboys and rip-offs and yep, they're out yep. to, you know, upsell everything. Yeah, definitely. But when, you, yeah, when you're literally trying to give them the best option, it, uh, it gets a bit upsetting. Oh, definitely. You know, and you, and you think as well, like, you're trying to, um, you want to build that, like, rapport with the client as well. Like, and that's the big thing of, like, you're not just doing it to for an upsell or to for the sake of you making another couple, couple hundred bucks or whatever. You're doing it because you know that the end product is going to be the best possible scenario. You know, like why would I put another, you know, I don't know. There's lots of reasons, but like, you know, if I say to them, look, you know, I can change the anode in your storage, you need gas, you know, um, gas storage, hot water service, and I can change the anode. I can, you know, double check all the pressures. I can mark around with it. I can change your pe- like your all your valves and everything, and I can. That is a huge butterfly outside. That's nuts. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Just attention span, focus. <laughs> yeah. You're on my podcast now, Patrick. I need you Literally, full attention. You know, and uh, you know, you can change all the valves. You can tidy it out. You could flush the unit even if you really wanted to. And you're like, oh, I can do all this, and it's going to cost this much, you know, this much money. And for a new um, hot water unit altogether, like a new continuous flow, we'll upgrade the the gas service so that we have enough flow to here, and we'll go from the gal run or whatever. And you say to them, like, look, they they are vastly different prices for numerous reasons, but I want to do this and show you why and explain you try to explain them to, to why and like you know it all comes down to like the the delivery you know if i just went up and was like yeah uh mr kazali um you just need to uh the old ones like it's crap um the new one that we put in though like they're better and you're like what like what makes it better i'm like oh, it's just oh bad, bad new one good yeah and then like <laughs> and then you go <laughs> you know, sign here your son here and then you know but then they go like if you if you can illustrate and like a lot of it is educating as well like you know if you're sitting there speaking to the client and you say 
look, Mrs. Jones, the reason why I suggest this is because, you know, due to the age of the unit, it is 15 years old or like, you know, I think that in my professional opinion, it really should be replaced. To do this is really only putting a Band-Aid on a solution, like a Band-Aid solution on this. And it's going to, um, the whole unit's going to, to crap out soon or, you know, sooner rather than later. And then, you know, then you're out and we have to do this anyway in like another year or another six months or whenever it's going to do it. And they go, you know, that that's why you, you put it up to them. Like, you know, would you rather just be done with it now, you know, bite the bullet, rip the Band-Aid off and then, you know, and, and and be happy and be proud that like it's all finished if that makes sense yeah um, yeah and you're not constantly you're not waking up every day going has my hot water tank split today yeah and another yeah. one is like when you mentioned anodes it sort of brought into my mind um daniel ryan from geelong he's he always gets customers saying let's do the anode in a service and it's like you know he's like it's 10 years old you go yeah. say you do an anode every five years. He goes, if you add up three anodes of fifteen years, general life of a tank, he goes, yep. you're at the cost of a new tank. That's pretty right. much. Yep. Or like around, you know, around yeah, around the goes. mark, so, around the mark. You know, he goes, you do your anodes every five years, and you might get sixteen years or seventeen years out of the tank. He goes, yep. oh, you just leave it, let it run. He goes, the water quality here isn't that bad. It's not that yeah. hard. Yeah. And he said, that money you saved over the fifteen years of not doing the anodes is literally a new tank, and you just that's it it's that's the life of it yeah yeah and then you know that's the whole thing is that people go like obviously you know i'm terrible for it i always like to look for the cheap option on things i'm like oh maybe i won't get this one i'll get this one instead and i'll save you know five dollars or i'll save a hundred bucks or whatever and then you know every time i've followed that train of thinking and bought or done the cheaper option i regret it there's always a regret you know because you're using it later on you're like oh you know, a good example is like I bought some, like the last set of tires that I had on my ute were mud terrains because I was like, yeah, I like the look of them. It's heaps sick. And just I'm drive like, on the road and they're going to be noisy. Yeah, so I don't ever go off road. Yeah. But I've got big muddies on. But I've got muddies on my ute. And like that's literally like my head. I was like, it's a good idea. And then so I did it. <laughs> look how cool I am. I'm driving my big Hilux and it looks amazing at the moment. But, you know, and then, <laughs> and then literally they lasted like, Ah, oh, two fifths of fuck all. It was like maybe 30,000 case, and they were they were bald. And I was like, oh, no good. Probably not a good idea, Patrick. Got road tires. Yeah, and then off I went. I got some old terrains, and I've never been happier because it's like the Ute's quiet now, and I can hear myself think, and I can listen to this podcast when I'm driving without having to crank the volume all the way. <laughs> and they're safer too. Like I know roads in Adelaide are, are dicey at the best of times, but if you've got muddies on and it's pissing rain, and you go through a roundabout, you're in for a good time. That's right, you know, and you just want to you want to be smart. Like you know, a good example is invest money in things that separate you from the ground your shoes your mattress and your tires done simple you go you should work for like a mattress company i am a mattress no i'm (laughs) (laughs) and on that our our sponsor is (laughs) our sponsor for today is mattress company co no um (laughs) no i reckon like um i was gonna say yeah like uh that actually gets me onto another good topic. I know, I know a couple of blokes that they will spend, you know, they'll buy the cheapest possible work boots they can. And like, depending on the work you're doing, that's fine. You know, that's no worries. But if I got up every day and I put the same boots on that don't fit quite right, they're already loose. You know, the laces are 
going to crap or, you know, the buckles are breaking or they don't actually, like, they're not that waterproof or, you know, any number X, like, and, but I saved, I, I saved 40 bucks and, like, I literally went and bought a new set today of those Oliver ATs that I've got, those um, slip-on boots. And I was like, yep, how good's this, you know, awesome. I, and I was saying to the, the girl that I know there anyway, and I said, oh, you know, I'm really happy that I've got some really good quality boots. Like, do you get many people that come in and they're just like, nah, cheapest, absolutely cheap. She's like, yes. And like the amount of times that I get people coming back like a week or two weeks later and they're like, can I change these back? And she's like, you know, you've worn them, you you know, and depending on the brand, they might not have like a 30-day return or whatever. And like the cheaper brands tend to not. And then she goes, well, there's no returns on these because like it's, there's nothing faulty with the item. It's just you don't want it to. You don't want it, and they're like, "Oh no!" But you know, she goes, "Look, un- unfortunately, the only option is to buy the better boot and keep your old ones." Pay and twice. Then, yeah, pay to, pay pay nice or like you know buy what is it? Buy nice or buy twice? Pick one. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's you know, delicious. Oh, it's like uh, it's yeah, it's veto uh, pro pack. That's right. What else do I have I'll, to say? Roger knows what he's doing with a bag, that man. Oh, he knows how, how, good. To, how good. knows how to make a good tool bag. Oh, and just, you know, I, um, Warren from Tool Trading um, over in New Zealand, the, the South African that now lives in New Zealand, so he's going to have the worst accent in the world. There's uh, a few suckers <laughs> over there. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's got the, like, he's got he's got the, the veto. Like, I reckon it was after I bought my one and he was asking me, he's like, oh, you know, what did you get? Like, what size and everything. I was like, oh, get the, the, the OTXL. That's probably the best because you can fit everything you need in there. It's got plenty of room. You're not going to ever break the thing. Like, and it's just, it's very satisfying. But like I was buying, I, 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 will, I will come on here and I'll tell everyone I bought, I reckon it was about six. I returned the bag twice and got a new one from Bunnings because they have like the return policy. I was buying. So altogether, I paid for four of those Irwin tote tool bags that were 80 bucks each. Bought four of them, so what's that? Eight, 16, 24, 32, 320 bucks. And my veto pack was what, like 350 or 340 or something? I can't remember, but you know, I'd effectively, I effectively bought one at the start anyway from all the bags that I bought. And every one of those fell apart. The, the you know, the, 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 every, all the zips broke, the, the buckles broke on it, the, you know, the, the, the strap, like everything. And I was like, wow. This is really annoying. And I've never looked back. I know that is like the cheesiest thing. So if Vito wants to come on and sponsor this podcast, you've got two men right oh. here that really like it. Imagine because it's that. just, oh, they're just, they're brilliant. And, you know, like I'm really thinking about getting a little baby gas one so that I can carry like my gas tester and um, like little stuff just for like, you know, electrical slash gas stuff that you can roll around with that you don't need to get your whole tool bag out. But They'll be doing their uh, March promotion soon, I reckon. So oh, you've I'll, got that uh, locked into your calendar, haven't you? Hold, yeah. I always check, um, <laughs> always check with Aspen. So they used to be Pro Pipe Supplies in Adelaide. They're like yep. the local sort of. Oh yeah, that was the one that you sent me. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a legend of a guy. So I um yeah, I always check with him and to see what the latest and greatest is. I think the the new thing that I saw in the catalog is they're making Eskies now. And that yeah, I did see makes that. Makes my wallet cry, but my oh, heart happy. But they're they're good, you know. And that's the thing is like you you pay for the good stuff. Like I, yeah, it's 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 hard. Like because you want to obviously, it's annoying in the sense that you you want to like obviously everyone likes to save money and that's always a great option. And like you know, power tools is a good example. Like 
you know, I'm not, I'm not crapping on any particular brands, but there's definitely some very budget oriented brands out there that like, if you're a home handyman or if you're just doing some stuff around your house, like, you know, just you're putting a couple of screws in or hanging a couple of paintings, no worries. Get that like little babby, you know, Ryobi drill or whatever. Like that's fine. That'll do what you need and you're not breaking the bank for it. But then people like to go, oh, but you know, rah, rah, rah. Like even some trades people and they go, oh, Milwaukee Makita, I don't need any of those. And they go through and they buy a new Audi drill every six months and go, yeah, well, what's going on here? And then, you know, uh, they they hate it because they're like, oh, yeah, but I'd never spend that money. Well, you bought that drill four times when you could have bought that Milwaukee or Makita one twice. And, you know, and it would have lasted you so much longer. Like warranties on things, I think the thing that I, I don't know, something that I like I live by is I take a photo of every single receipt and I note down product numbers and codes and, you know, take a photo of the serial number and everything. And I just have it with me and or I, or I register the warranty as soon as I buy things. Like all the Milwaukee stuff, it's just, you know, all my tool power tools, they're all registered. So if anything ever goes wrong, I can take them in anywhere and Milwaukee will, you know, fix it if it's under warranty or not fix it or whatever. But at least I've got it, you know, and I'd rather look after stuff. Like looking after your power tools is a big part of it. And looking after your tools too. Like don't, if you get lock seal into your shifter, try to get it out while it's still wet you know don't don't let it sit and gum up everything and go no, no. i'll throw this Move it to the size you use all the time let <laughs> it set and you'll never have to adjust it again <laughs> have well, one for every it's like spanners but just like shifters locked in every size that you and, use and everyone's a barco and it costs bloody 90 bucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's a th- i don't know that's a thing too and well actually that relates a lot to setting up your own business yeah yeah, and definitely. Insurances and oh. everything else. And um my mate that, that we're talking about, the subby and baker, he you know, that's something we've sort of crossed on a few times, you know, and he's talking about like a new ute and stuff like that. And it's that very sort of knife point where you don't want to outlay a lot of money but yeah, you're also but you kinda need to. It's an image like service plumbing or service fridgy or service anything. When you're arriving at someone's house, like it's an image thing as well. You know, if they see like a 1970s Hilux, it's dented and rusted and oh. got a, a bucket on the back with your tools and stuff. Yeah. Or if they see, you know, a more modern sort of dual cab or a more modern van that's set up and, you know, you come out with your veto bags, yeah. straight away they're going to think, oh, this guy, you know, invests his time and his money into his trade. Yeah. And, and, and you don't have like 25 lengths of half inch copper hanging off the front all duct taped together. Just in case. Times, just in case, you know, like yeah. I'd. I don't know. There's this van that rolls around Adelaide. It's for a, a smallish company, I think. It's a yellow van, and I'm not going to say the name because I feel I don't know who they are. But he, this van, I, I think I, last time I saw it, I counted four lengths of 40 mil, and I reckon that was three lengths of 50 mil, and there was like a like PVC, and I was just like, who needs that? Like, and they're residential <laughs> maintenance. They don't do underfloors. <laughs> Got the UV burn on it because it's been there for that long. <laughs> it's actually funny when you see like copper on the on a van. It doesn't take long, but like it does take a couple of days. But like you get, you know, any any most of the copper you get from Reese is usually packed away, like you know, out of out of the rain, and like you've got these lengths on there, and like you know it's been there for a while when the copper's all brown, and you're like oxidized there's nothing left of it and you're like it's not shiny anymore like you're going to be taking pretty well secondhand copper and installing that at someone's house (laughs) (laughs) blends better with the house yeah that's right i like it i've always i I think i was chatting to yeah i was chatting to chris about this the other day um that i really want to do a um 
I want to figure out like I can I want to get a lacquer or a spray lacquer or something so that I can coat my pipe, my copper, so that it always stays really shiny. A lot of the guys, the um, gas engineers in the UK, their copper they, work is like exceptional, and they because yeah. it's all soft solder. Like it's you know you don't get the heat transfer that you do from oxy. I yeah. guess we could do it with press. Yeah, but like yeah, they like buff it all up with like steel wool and get it like super shiny, and then yeah, like coat it. Like yeah, either clear lacquer or something, and it literally they could go back there ten years later and it looks brand new. And, still. It, and it looks amazing. Like plant rooms is a big one. Is that like, you know, I've, I reckon I've talked to you about it. Like a mate of mine works for a big plant, like a mechanical company in Adelaide, and he do he does some incredible stuff. And it's like usually like hundred hundred and fifty mil copper. I'm like, holy crap, man! Like these places they're doing are like massive apartment buildings or massive like a, a new hospital or a new school or whatever. And he's just like, oh, yeah, this is just every day for us. Like, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing new. It's nothing special. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's crazy. Like, and it always looks amazing. And they do take the time to, like, really polish it up and make sure that there's no scuffs or bumps or anything. And, you know, you think, like, I don't know. Like, if you if you do your work properly, you could argue the point that it doesn't need to be changed for a very long time. You look at a gas service, if you, if you braze welded or even pressed a whole new gas service and it was all above ground, and you know it was all clipped properly it was all fastened and secured and had the right fittings everywhere it needed and it was oversized so that you know nobody ever had to upgrade the service again and all they had was like a hottie you know a stove top and a heater inside or a ducted heater and that that was everything they ever needed and maybe a pool heater as well so they had like everything and then that copper will stay there forever and a day and you'll never like you know it's nice oh, i'm sure you've been to some jobs I don't know, that you've been to like a couple of years before or even like, I know for me, the hot water unit on the back of my house, I've just got a little Rinai, like a B16 when my old storage unit packed up when I was a first year. And um, I wasn't even in a van or anything. I think I was like four months or three months in. I was like, hey, like um, I chatted to my, my tradesman at the time and I was like, hey, like do you want to come and give us a hand? I Like I need to do this um I need to do this storage, uh, to, this, continuous this storage to continuous. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no worries. He come over and he's like, all right, there's all the tools. I'm not helping so, you. So, yeah. And yeah. I was like, shit. And off I went and put it in and I'm, you know, I'm still proud of it. Some of the offsets are pretty bloody close, you know. I would I would run the gas a different way because I went around it so it has like copper on either side of the hottie and it sort of looks a bit silly, but I would have run it in, on, on the same side like in three one line sort of thing. Yeah, um, hindsight's a beautiful thing. It is, you know, but it is nice to be able to look at it and go, I did that. And it's still, you know, obviously nothing wrong with it. It's all holding up. It's fine. It's doing its job. I can remember when I did. So we had storage on my house and yeah. changed it, re-ran all the plumbing underneath the floor when the floor was up. So there's only about 200 mil, so it's stumps, but 200 mil under there. So when we got it re-stumped, all the floors came up. I was like, yeah, yeah it was a perfect time to run. I think I ran 20 copper for like four meters for the hot and then full 20 copper for cold and then just half inch tails to everything and then yeah. lagged the lot and um, had all that and yeah, ran 20 all the way out to the continuous flow, out and up. And I was like, I want to get my offsets perfect. So yeah. you can literally look from the side and you just see like one pipe. One and I like had it all yeah. lagged and like painted the saddles black and the screws black so they matched wow. it with the lag. And you like went all the way through it. And wow. even now, like I walk around there, I was like, 
you're an idiot, but damn, that does look like it does look good, doesn't it? Into it. Like, yeah. you know, and it, and offsets is a big one. Like, I love a good offset. Oh, and it's it's good when it's not just a 45 45. If you get like, you know, uh, like my favorite is when you've got offset like a bit of a half inch over another piece of pipe. So, like, you're, you're already hard up against the wall and you got to do like basically like a 15 up and then a 30 to curve it and then another 15 back to like bring yourself back square with the wall again. And if you get that copper to just not even, but barely like it's so close to touching, but it's not touching and it's saddled on either side. It's like, Oh, stop it. It's, it's brilliant. Very satisfying. And that, you know, I love copper tending. Well, you just get the B press fitting and just crimp it. Oh, that makes me so angry. That makes me so angry. Yeah. It's a money thing though too. Like it just costs. It's a cost. It's a huge cost. And then you know, so. you, you you if you're running a business, you can't afford to do that. Like, you know, especially if if it's a quoted job and you didn't allow for that. Like, how many of those? How many does it? Like, how long does it take for all that to add up? And you go, wow, I spent probably about fifteen hundred bucks last year on fittings that I didn't need to use. You know, mm. um, a good example is like I've got a mate that lives over in Port Lincoln. And like, you know, for anybody that's listening that doesn't know where Port Lincoln is, it's out in the sort of the Western-ish area of of South Australia. It's kind of pretty remote. Um, I think it's like eight hours from Adelaide maybe. And um, so a lot of, there's only a handful of plumbers in town. And a lot of the, you know, there's one store that gets a delivery like once every two days or whatever, like a Reese. And uh, they do, you might, you probably didn't know what I'm talking about, uh, Luke, is that they do sand bending. So they fill yeah. the pipe with yeah, so that it retains the internal volume and diameters of the of the pipe. Stops it from kinking too. Stops it from kinking, you know. And then like they cap it off on either end, bend it whichever way they want to do it, and they do it up to up to like you know, eighty or hundred mil if you're strong enough. <laughs> it's like it's all it's all you know it's all soft and like you know, and then they bend it around a corner and they've saved fittings. Like they've saved like arguably like you know you could you could use hundred and fifty fittings doing a couple of offsets with like. Um, you know, 30 or 32 or 40 mil or 50 mil or whatever. And you're like, wow, you know, I'm not paying for a, a, a you know, a 45 B press elbow, like in gas. It's like crazy, you know, it's expensive to get, it racks up very quickly. So I think like, you know, even doing a relief line on a storage unit, if you can get in one bend, uh, one, one piece of cup with no joiners. Oh my God. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And on, on yeah. that note, thanks for coming. Thanks you for coming. This is my show. <laughs> oh, sure. you were supposed to say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no worries, Patrick. Thanks yeah, for, no, thanks for coming really, on. No, no, no. Look, we might do it. Like, I'd like to do it again sometime um, if you'd have me on. Like, I would love know. to have you on to talk about hydrogen. Oh. Because SA has got a big hydrogen uh, oh, plan there now. They do. Did you see that they um, recently, the University of Adelaide turned around and they have made 100% efficacy of converting seawater natural seawater with no like filters no nothing through i think there's two catalysts or yeah two catalysts that are low cost non um what's the word non like rare um and they can make a, like 100 percent efficacy of like hydrogen from it from seawater and it's just like yeah what the hell but it's a future for not only gas but electricity i reckon like, yeah, oh, big time. Because it's a like, big, like, res- the, like it's solar's good, wind's good, but the problem is, like, the end result, what do you do? What do you do yeah. with all the panels when all of a sudden yeah. they're busted and, you know, you can only recycle the aluminium off them and you yeah. can't. Yeah, you know? what, do you, what do you do with it, you know? Like, how you do you do. even deal with it? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy in that you have, 
some really like expensive you know materials but like hydrogen can be you know it can be it can be effectively bottled it can be you know stored you can put it in big containers you know you can fill a blimp with it if you really want to like (laughs) don't don't touch on that that's a a very sore subject for him still i think (laughs) the scientists are still reeling from that day but (laughs) it's still one of the arguments but the hindenburg the hindenburg hindenburg Hindenburg. yeah but like you know you really like they're they're mixing i think they're up to like you're probably going to correct me but i think they're up to like 10 or 15 percent mixture with natural gas um in Adelaide, yeah, there at yeah, it'd be about, or even I think because they're making another one in Albury and I think even now we're at yeah seven or eight percent. No, no real effects. When I was at Sealy, they were looking into it heavily. But you know, how much can we handle before we start getting issues? Yeah, getting a bit, yeah, so. bit, like a bit too hectic. Because I know, yeah, Sealy's doing it, and then there was like I think it's APA, the gas company or whatever, or the gas yeah, provider. Yeah, yeah, they, they're, they're pushing. They're pushing for a massive. They're like, yep, we can do this. You know, that that barbecue was run on thirty percent or something, and like the way that they've like they did a, a day the other day where they're explaining the benefits of hydrogen, and they're really pushing it. And like as much as like you know whether or not the state or federal governments are agreeing with it yet, or they're just not on board or whatever, they are still pushing for it. And I think the best thing is that in Adelaide. We are very much, you know, because we're such a small city compared to the rest of the, you know, um, not the rest of Australia, we have this opportunity to really test it on a, on a semi-smaller scale. And then, you know, once we get it down pat and we go, wow, we can do this, that, you know, we can turn around and go, what? like, this is incredible. This is great. And it's so good for the environment. It's so much better. Like, you know, in the, you know, what's the, what, what are the products of combustion of hydrogen, Luke? Water done that's it so uh, there's one over i think it's in leeds full oh, hydrogen yeah. home yeah yeah. yeah 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 they've got an instagram instagram page you should have a look at that i reckon you'd, oh, you'd enjoy might, it so like the to. boiler the cooking um so yeah cooking hot water and heating because obviously they don't Jeez. need cooling over there but like it's yeah, it's all hydrogen wow that's so, crazy and that's the thing too. Like it, it burns clear, but so does LPG without an additive. So yeah. it's literally, you know, like they add, I think it's a turbocapin or something to natural gas so you can smell it. Yeah. Um, they'll just add something to hydrogen so yeah. you can see it. So, well, um, uh, what I was going to say, the, um, I, I have a question. So I reckon I've spoken to you about it before about how they use in like, you know, a refrigerator in a caravan has a, it, it's powered ammonia. by gas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that how it works? Is it ammonia? Is it? Is that the way that? They yeah, work? ammonia is the refrigerant. Yeah. Wow. So they can heat that up using like a little gas flame, like a pilot light, and then that yep. cools down. So have you ever seen, or is there any products out there that like do that on a bigger scale, like a like basically a split system for a house? Could that be possible? Or there is some splits. I think that like oh now the big push now is split system. Um, hydronic units is r290 which is effectively propane oh really okay but they're using it as the refrigerant so they're not sort of burning a flame yeah but they're using gas as a as a a a natural and that's the way they're sort of like pushing as well like co2 is another really good one oh really Um, so yeah the refrigeration trade's really moving into uh 290 i think it's r774 which is co2 and ammonia so ammonia they've oh, just right. got to make safe because they had one, I believe it was at one of the um, campuses in Melbourne that had ammonia leak and they had to evacuate like oh, a you're lot, kidding. a lot of a lot of the block. So and that was only a small like testing sort of thing for the students oh, to work on. 
really yeah, it, and it was that it goes, deadly it's, it's bad yeah yeah because yeah. it, it, it is it's a deadly gas like it's yeah it's not good and yeah it doesn't, it doesn't smell too good it's either. Like mustard gas sort of thing and they used to use it in the wars so oh, you know we always get back to that don't we the wars we do we do we it's just like this is actually a history channel um it is it's going to be number 25 in australian history podcast soon uh, instead actually. of uh, instead of your logo instead of like the history channel h just do like a p for patrick yeah. 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 Oh, well, let's let's look at this. I'm gonna I'm gonna just quickly log into my podkite and I'm gonna see what the analytics are doing for Aussie Apprentice. Oh, as of today, we're number forty in business careers in Australia. We are also number two hundred and thirty-nine in France. <laughs> Gotta love the French. Thanks. For I listening. don't know why. Holy. Ah. Oh, how? Wet. Actually, no. Sorry. I take that back. We are currently number fourteen in Australia for career, for business careers. That's that's nuts. Number that fourteen. Nuts. What the hell? That is insane. So that's pretty exciting. Hey, like we're we're doing things. We're going places. Yeah, um, I'm so the, glad we've changed it to to the Flame Tech Heating and Cooling podcast. Yeah, this has been a good change. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the change that we needed. I think the Netherlands. Yeah, that's where it is. The Netherlands. We're number 107 in the Netherlands for business careers. Don't know why, but uh, that is that is what it is. Um, so yeah, you're listening to the History Channel with um, Flame Tech Heating and Cooling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, well. Uh, should we uh, should we leave it there, Loki boy? We should. We should. The you people's should. ears will be burning too oh, much. That's right. Well, you know, I, I, my ears burn on a twenty-four hour basis because people are always talking about me. Yeah. 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 yeah well, that that guy Baker that I was talking about before, he thinks you have a, a lovely voice. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, this one's so, for you. This <laughs> one's just for you for today. Yeah. <laughs> Baker. I'm I'm looking at you through the screen right now. You can't see, but my voice is directed right at you. He believes you're made for this. His last words were, <laughs> "Jesus Christ!" Yeah, All right, so, well, you you'll know. see me on a radio show soon. I'll be like, "And your mornings with Cato." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should. Oh, that's what I'll do. I'll get into radio hosting in in Adelaide. That'll be my next thing. You know, because okay, my 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 career ADHD just does that from time to time. So <laughs> just bounce around. <laughs> All right. Well. Thanks for having me on, Luke. No worries. Thanks for joining me, Patrick. Oh. And uh, yeah, keep a keep an ear out for our next episode. I'm not oh. sure who will feature, but if uh, anyway. people want to people want to message the show and yeah, get on hit board, us up and and follow range of topics. Definitely follow follow Flame Tech Heating and Calling and Adventures of Service Tech on Instagram. Um, he puts yeah. up some incredible incredible content. If you need anybody heating and cooling around the Wangaratta area, this man he is your man. So, I'm your man. Uh, awesome. Have a great day. Have a great night, Luke. Thank you. You too, Patrick.